0: Hey, it's Valley 101 host Kayla White. Before this episode, I just want to take a moment to tell you that as part of our newsroom's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, almost all of our staff is working remotely for the foreseeable future. That means that we're away from our studio and our usual recording equipment. So you might notice that this podcast sounds a little different, but that's not stopping us. We will keep bringing you new episodes every week. So thank you for listening. All right, on with the show.
1: That sound of the ice cream truck is so comforting to me. It transports me to my childhood summers spent at my Bubby's house. Bubby is Yiddish for Grandma. I'm not Jewish, but It's the title Bubby prefers because grandma makes her feel old. That's producer Taylor Seeley. I love the music of the ice cream truck because it reminds me of swimming at her home. And when the truck would drive by, she would usually let me get the Tweety Bird ice cream adorned with blue gumballs for eyes. Like so many of us, Taylor has been trying
0: to take note of the silver linings lately even if it's something as simple as a
1: memory of the summers at her Bubbies. It all started when my aunt asked me if there were any good news stories right now. She was feeling a little down, I think. And truth be told, I was pretty drained too. So that gave Taylor an idea.
0: Welcome to Valley 101 a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today, we're talking about the positive stories that are taking place during this pandemic. You know, the acts of kindness that make you feel just a little bit better. Because believe it or not, it's not all doom and gloom. Good news stories are out there, and they're plentiful. Here's Taylor with more.
1: That audio you heard of the ice cream truck was from a few weeks ago, before the summer heat hit. As I laid in the grass that day, the ice cream truck wasn't the only thing I heard. Okay, so I am at Kiwanis Park in Tempe. Well, Tempe bordering Ahwatukee. And I think I hear bagpipe players. And I am wondering if they are the bagpipe players that my colleague John Deanna wrote about. And wrote an article about for AZ Central. And I think they are. They weren't. No, I don't think those are the same guys, actually, but that is really cool. Great to see I was so excited because John's story was so heartwarming, but I'll let him share it.
2: My name is John Deanna. Uh, I'm a senior reporter at the Arizona Republic where I have worked for 27 years. So I found out about the two bagpipe players, um, their names are James and Thomas Rowley, and they're a couple of uh, teenagers who live in Tempe. I found out about them uh, from a friend who sent me the idea on Facebook. James and Thomas both are learning Irish slash Scottish music, and uh, one of them plays the bagpipes and the other one plays the, the uh, Scottish drum the snare
0: yeah, that sounds untamed.
2: they were about ready to march in the saint patrick's day parade and it was going to be their first time performing together in public as brothers and then with covid 19 the saint patrick's day parade was canceled when the parade was canceled their their mother said uh look you know you guys can go out in the street in front of our house and have your own parade and so they did that and the neighbors liked it.
3: Somebody down the street saw them on St. Patrick's Day and posted a video and a lot of people were saying oh I wish they were on my street.
2: And that sort of gave them an idea that you know maybe we can do these kind of parades in other neighborhoods and other people will like it.
3: And so I told the kids that and I said what would you guys think about putting a next door post and saying hey you know if you want us to come and play on your street we can. So I posted a video on Nextdoor and I said, hey, do you want my kids to come practice on your street? And it's blown up. They are booked solid two two to three practices a day. Practice lasts about 15, 20 minutes.
2: Their mom formed a uh, Facebook page for them, and it's called uh, Two Man Pipe Band, if you want to look it up on Facebook. Mom created that and then started booking appointments around their neighborhood. And so she would drive them uh, every afternoon and as many as a couple of times a day to different spots around Tempe. And they would uh, uh, get out in their kilts and get their bagpipes and their drums and perform for the neighbors.
1: If you look at most other kids my age, they're all just stuck inside wondering what the heck am I gonna do for the next several weeks? And I'm out here every day doing this to make
2: neighbors around us happy.
1: I love it. I mean, it's a good break in the day. I'm working from home today, so it was nice to have this to look forward to and come out in the afternoon and kind of break up the sitting at the computer thing.
2: Everybody has individual talents, and sometimes it takes an extraordinary event to make them bring those talents forth and use them to help other people, and that's exactly what these two kids did. And I think it was wonderful, it brought joy to a lot of stressed out people, and um, it was just kind of one of those cool benefits that we've seen of people coming together for the greater good.
4: My name is Tyrion Morris and I am the nightlife reporter uh, on the food and dining team with the Arizona Republic. So one of the stories that really stuck out to me the most was about Oso Brewing and Distilling. They're a local company here that has four locations along with uh, one in the airport. And they brew beer and they also have a distillery where they make a line of flavored vodkas and a couple other interesting spirits. Banner Health reached out to them to see if they would be able to switch the focus of their distillery to making hand sanitizer. It was a project that the team over there jumped on quickly.
2: Hello Phoenix, I'm Jeff Smith. And I'm Taylor Wright. Uh, we are the Distillers for Oso Distillery
4: and Brewery. Uh, currently we're making hand sanitizer for local health organizations. Uh, we, we just and now they've completely shifted the focus of their distillery in North Scottsdale to making hand sanitizer to deliver to hospitals. They had given out 200 um, gallons in the first two days and they were looking at delivering another 200 gallons that weekend. And they've been doing deliveries every so often since then. So it's it's hundreds and hundreds of gallons by this point.
2: Obviously, we're in a shortage of hand sanitizer right now. You can't really find it anywhere. The best option you have if you're around a sink with soap and water, wash your hands. Hand sanitizer is really good.
4: One of the main things that really stuck with me was um, the way that Oso decided to Get the hand sanitizer to the hospitals because you know that's been something with small distilleries around the country that have done this. They've had to use bottles and bottles and bottles, but also being in the in the unique position that it's also a brewery had kegs on hand. So they decided, you know, apparently at first it was a joke that that turned into a good idea. Um, that they filled kegs with hand sanitizer. So um, what the operations manager was telling me was when they first delivered to the Banner Health Distribution Center, they um, actually had to have doctors and nurses come out and you know, with appropriate six feet of distance between him and them, uh, he showed doctors and nurses in scrubs how to tap a keg. Um, so he, you know, he said that was just a surreal experience and they were all, you know, so intently learning because obviously they didn't want to do it wrong and spill and waste a precious resource. Um, but yeah, for him to, to go and teach doctors and nurses fully in their scrubs, how to tap a keg was a, it was an image that stuck with me.
3: My name is Chelsea Hoffman, and I'm a reporter for the Breaking News Desk at the Arizona Republic. I worked on a story last month that stuck out to me a lot. The teachers and administration from Val Vista Lakes Elementary School did a parade in their cars through the neighborhood for the students and families in the community.
4: Social part of school, it's a big thing for kids this age and um, for them to all of a sudden with no explanation almost, you know, not being able to come back to school, it's a hard thing.
3: The school made a post about it on Facebook to invite all the parents to make sure that they would be out there. Tammy made a map all through all of the neighborhoods. And the first song that I heard playing was uh, The Toy Story You Got a Friend in Me. The weather was really beautiful out that day. (laughs) There was like an extra added level of excitement and cheer from all the decorations that they put on their car. You could really tell that all of the teachers and their families, um, put effort into decorating their cars.
0: It's just, you know, you're stuck in your house and you're seeing maybe videos of students online and what's going on around the country. And we know that they're probably feeling a little anxious like we are. And so we're just so excited that we get to see them today and be a part and hopefully bring some joy to them and their parents who are probably going crazy inside with them right now.
3: Some teachers even brought blow up pool toys that were sticking out of the back window of their cars, like unicorns, or um, I think one person was on a golf cart. I think it's just
4: really important to keep the connection going. And so we thought if we could just do a little teacher parade, practicing social distancing by staying in our cars and driving around through our school boundaries, that we'd be able to see
3: our kids and wave to them. The thing that stuck out to me the most is how it didn't just affect the community that was directly linked to that elementary school. It, it affected the entire community in that neighborhood. So it wasn't just students that were coming out when they heard the honking and music. Um, there was a moment where I was parked and watching the parade go past, and an elderly woman opened up her garage and walked out with her walker and was waving at all the cars that were coming past. So it was able to provide a moment of excitement and joy for not just the students and the parents.
5: Um, My name is Karina Bland, and I'm a columnist and reporter at the Arizona Republic. And I've been here now for, it'll be 30 years this summer. You know, I've always sort of focused on the belief that there are really good people in the world. So I really look for the kinds of stories that can unite us, no matter what your background is. I'm a tap dancer, and through the dance community, I have met this couple named Mindy and Paul Hubbard who are with Short and Sweet Entertainment. And they perform all over the country at community centers and assisted living centers and nursing homes. And so I had heard that they were doing this performance, So I arrived at the um, assisted living facility and could spot Mindy and Paul right away because they wear a lot of sequins. It was a perfect day. It was was still cool out, but the sun was out. There was a slight breeze. And as they began to set up, the door kind of kicked open and one at a time, the staff was bringing out residents who used wheelchairs or who used walkers, and they kind of set everybody up about eight feet apart on the sidewalk. (laughs) For this show, Paul sings a lot of older songs, like songs that the residents were probably more likely to know. But then things got really wild once he slipped into his Elvis impersonation and started doing <laughs> to Hound Dog and and all those and all the all the ones that they love. So um, that got him on their feet. You
2: can knock me down, on my face. Slender my name all over the place. Do
5: that's and they were so excited because um, you know, they usually have like 10 activities a day and everything's been canceled. And they've had to spend their time in their rooms. They eat their meals in their room instead of the community dining hall. So they were hungry for this. All right. You know, they they kind of, you know, Paul and Mindy were always like talking very positively. You know, whenever he would, she would dance over near him and he would be like, six feet back, get away from me. I don't know where you've been. So, you know, they just, and what, and as he spoke to the residents between between numbers, you know, he was really just positive.
2: Hey, don't let this thing worry, you know. We'll get through it, all right? You know. You stand your your family. are going to help us all get through this corona thing.
5: Try to stay, you know, try to stay upbeat. Think about, I know you can't see your families right now, but this will end, you know. And before he sang, you know, Blue Skies, he said, now everybody look up and look at the sky and just know when you're feeling trapped inside, there it is, so, you know, here's Blue Skies.
2: I'm to stop the by I'm
5: free. Okay, so the best part of that day was a woman named Mo Shaver who had just turned 93 the day before. And she had had, you know, not a great birthday because of course none of her family could come and see her. And when she came out the door, she shouted at Paul Mindy, I'm here to dance with you. And they had done two shows that day and she had been at the earlier one too. And that woman got up out of her seat and, and danced. And especially when, you know, the Elvis came on, she was hooting and she got the, the, the women with her dancing. and. I just thought to myself wow 93 years old in the middle of a pandemic now who knows what this woman has witnessed in her life but she's up and she's dancing and so if she can do it anyone can do it when i went there i was feeling kind of bummed out as a matter of fact i think that was the first time in a long time i had left the house and it was a beautiful day and it was and the people were happy to be there. And so for me, even going there in my own grumpy mood, um, I left there feeling so much better about the world and, and people, the people in it. I think when things are at their worst is when I try to look for people at their best. The The more stories that I write like this, the more positive stories, the more inspiring stories, the more I find, you know, either I come across them or people email me to tell me something. And I get so many emails from readers thanking me for writing these stories because they want the news. They want all the news. They want to know what's happening, but they also need a bright spot, you know, that you have to, you can pretty much tolerate anything if there is some hope and some happiness in the world. And so I think these stories, while they're not blockbuster, you know, front page stories, they are the kinds of stories that we need. You know, I'm writing about um, people who are making donations and people who are creating face shields, you know, out of their commercial printing places. But I'm also writing about people who are sewing face masks in their living room or um, you know, collecting food or giving away toilet paper, and those things are everywhere.
1: I hope these stories have left a little warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart. They've helped me. More than the reporters sharing them probably know. I totally agree, and I feel the same. It's been pretty tough
0: for most people that I know, and in these uncertain times, acts of kindness can be a
1: comfort. That is very true. But I also know that while I feel perfectly perky and upbeat right now, my emotions have been something of a ping pong game, vacillating between... I'm great, I am so upbeat, I am so determined, and wow, this really sucks. I really miss going out and seeing my friends. I really regret not seeing my great-grandparents in their assisted living facility another time before this all. It's all really hard, and trekking through that emotional baggage, I've also been confronting the question of, is this normal is this healthy or have i crossed a line i totally get it i feel the same have you been able to determine that for yourself i have actually i did an interview with an associate professor of psychology from arizona state university where i parsed through the checklist of mental health questions that i have been wondering about And in the hopes that it can help clear things up for others, I am going to release some of that interview as a bonus segment today. It's not meant to replace professional health advice, but it is helpful for the basics. So once you've finished this episode, I encourage you to go listen to part two, an interview with Michelle Shioda. Here's a teaser.
0: There will be days where we're not the perfect employee, where we're not the perfect partner or spouse, where we are far from the perfect parent. Many of us are trying to be elementary school teachers in ways that we simply were not trained for. The expectations are impossible to meet. Well, that's it for today. And if you've made it this far, I have a request for you. We are looking for more questions to answer. So if there's some curiosity you want us to explore, please send it to us at valley101.azcentral.com. All right, see you next week.